MSW Media. News was wearing daily beans, daily beans, daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Tuesday, February 2nd, 2021. Today, Schumer and Pelosi have filed a joint budget resolution to pass the $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan, as Biden has agreed to meet with 10 Republicans that want to gut the bill. Stacey Abrams is nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. Steny Hoyer has given an ultimatum to Kevin McCarthy about Marjorie Taylor Greene. And Scottish Parliament will vote on a measure to investigate the source of financing for Trump properties there. I'm A.G. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Hey, Dana, how are you? Hey, AG, I'm doing good hanging in there. I, I saw my chiropractor. We, we have a very close relationship. Uh, and so I got the rib put back in place that decided it wanted to try and leave my body yesterday or last week or whatever it was. So the joys of being a woman of a certain age. How's it feeling? It was a rough adjustment. I'm not going to lie. But um, I when I take a deep breath now, my back's not going into uh, um, a spasm, which is great. Oh. Yeah, wonderful. Hopefully, you'll, you'll you know the pain will subside and it'll you'll be back to one hundred percent. Exactly. That's my good news right up front. So good. that's what that's what I have. I got some weird good news right up front. Tell um, me. A friend of mine just contacted me via Twitter. He had put in a FOIA request from the Department of Veterans Affairs for something. And, you know, he got a bunch of residual stuff, including briefings, briefing documents to the secretary of the VA uh, about me and my social media content. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and particularly a post that I made about the Inspector General's report on the VA Office of Accountability and Whistleblower Protection. How interesting. And, yeah, so then I was removed from my job. <laughs> huh. Yeah, but apparently the secretary of the VA himself was briefed on that. That's amazing. I, I can't wait to see what happens with those. Obviously, I want everything to turn out in your favor so this nightmare can end, but mm. it is... Uh... It's amazing. You're kind of a big deal, my friend. We talk about it all the time. I had no... I mean, I had a hunch, but, you know, now I have a smoking gun document. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so we have a lot of news uh, to get to today, although it's a, a relatively... I think this is the first week of, a like, kind of what the Biden calm is hopefully going to continue to be like, because, you know, we've got some time to stretch out some of these news stories now. We don't have to pack in a hundred things. <laughs> so... Uh, let's do it. Let's get to the hot notes. Hot notes. Okay, everybody, the lead story. What's funny? Just you. <laughs> Off air. If everyone can hear what I hear on my end, it's you would be you would be giggling the entire podcast. The entire podcast. Lead story, AG, hit it. <clears throat> lead story today is that budget reconciliation is in the house. Uh, literally. It's in the House of Representatives and the Senate. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and House Speaker Nancy Pelosi announced they have filed a joint budget resolution for fiscal year 2021 that gives Congress an additional legislative tool to pass the urgently needed bipartisan COVID relief legislation that enacts President Biden's comprehensive American Rescue Plan, which helps defeat the virus, provide workers and families the resources they need to survive the pandemic while the vaccine is distributed to every American. Now, introduction of a joint budget resolution is the first step to potentially enacting a budget reconciliation bill, one legislative tool available to Congress to pass this without the Republicans. 
The resolution outlines the reconciliation instructions for each House and Senate committee on how much funding can be spent in their jurisdiction. If both House and the Senate pass identical budget resolutions, which do not require a presidential signature, both chambers can begin work on the reconciliation bill that is signed by the president. According to an analysis of research from the Congressional Research Service, reconciliation bills have been passed by the Senate on a bipartisan basis 17 times in recent years, including to pass the bipartisan Children's Health Insurance Program, CHIP, in 1997. Quote, Congress has a responsibility to quickly deliver immediate comprehensive relief to the American people hurting from COVID-19. That's what Schumer and Pelosi have said. The cost of inaction, they say, is high and growing, and the time for decisive action is now. With this budget resolution, the Democratic Congress is paving the way for the landmark Biden-Harris coronavirus package that will crush the virus and deliver relief to families and communities in need. We're hopeful that Republicans will work in a bipartisan manner to support assistance for their communities, but don't give a fuck if they don't. No, that doesn't say that. I added that part. But the American people cannot afford any more delays, and the Congress must act to prevent more needless suffering. So, And I love that they're calling it the Biden-Harris coronavirus package. Me too. Very much. So this incredible news comes on the heels of President Biden taking a meeting with 10 Republicans who want to slash his COVID relief plan by two thirds. They want to do like 600 billion. Um, And so he's taking the meeting. Normally, I would tell them to pound sand, but he kind of has to take this meeting. because Absolutely. I agree with you. Imagine if he didn't. Oh, are you kidding? They already think he's ruling with his pen instead of actually doing stuff to meet in the middle. Of course. Mm-hmm. He would, there would be a ton of kickback. Oh, what happened to unity? What happened to bringing us together? Of yeah, he, course. We would never hear the end of it. So I feel like he's taking the meeting as a courtesy, but basically they can go fuck themselves, like I said. And it was after the news of this meeting that Schumer and Pelosi started the ball rolling on budget reconciliation. He he. So the big question now is whether Manchin and Cinema will vote for the rescue plan or if they have to be negotiated with. Well, I sure hope if they're not, I mean, if they were against the filibuster being removed, you know, they'll actually support this. They can't, uh, hopefully they're on board. And if not, I do think since they, you know, sort of lean toward, they would, uh, the mini, the mini filibuster, uh, what, give me a word, AG. Uh, oh, the mini nukes. Yeah, the mini nukes. They seem to be in support of those. So why would they not be in support of this is my, is my point. This is a workaround that doesn't have to get rid of the filibuster and they can, you know, keep their hands clean of that. So. Right. It's just sort of whether they want to spend that much money. Right. They are rather conservative. Yes. I love that Kristen Cinema, a bisexual a woman who wears purple hair and leopard uh, print dresses is considered conservative on these issues. It just makes me laugh. Okay. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens with those two for sure. This next story is interesting because you would think this is world news, but it, it, there's a connection here. So an opposition debate in the Scottish Parliament will set out the arguments for ministers to apply to the court of session and act on growing concerns over how the former U.S. president's holdings in Scotland were acquired. They're Mm. following the money. While the issue has been discussed three times in the past 12 months, the coming debate is significant. So Wednesday's debate is being brought to the chamber by Patrick Harvey. He's co-convener of the Scottish Greens, who has repeatedly pressed Miss Sturgeon to look into, quote, serious and evidenced concerns surrounding Mr. Trump's purchases of the Turnberry Resort and land for his inaugural Scottish property in Aberdeenshire. So they are following this. The Scotsman revealed last month how Aidan O'Neill, QC, one of Scotland's leading advocates, said Scottish ministers alone had responsibility for pursuing one of the so-called, quote, McMafia orders, a legal, which is so funny since he likes cold hamburgers, uh, a legal 
mechanism designed to target suspected corrupt foreign officials who have potentially laundered stolen money through the UK. So Mr. Harvey told the Scotsman, the Scottish government has tried to avoid the question of investigating Donald Trump's wealth for far too long. There are serious concerns about how he financed the cash purchases of his Scottish golf courses, but no investigation has ever taken place. They are ramping this up. Mm. Yeah, I'm surprised it's just starting now. I am too. But I'm also not going to be surprised if Scotland nails his ass before the United States does on his money laundering. <laughs> right? That'd be st- I'm all for it. Um, now, get this. Democratic House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer has issued an ultimatum to GOP House <clears throat> Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy saying... If Marjorie Taylor Greene is not stripped of her seat on the Education Committee within 72 hours, the House will vote to oust her from the committee. And today, uh, Greene tried to walk back her comments, specifically about the Parkland High School shooting uh, being a false flag operation. She said, and, but she, she actually said, quote, and I'm, this is a word-for-word quote, These are not red flag incidences. They are not fake, and it's terrible, the loss that these families go through and their friends as well, and it should never happen. Oh, my God. Unquote. So that's her stance now, despite us all watching countless videos to the contrary, including a video of her following and harassing David Hogg as he walked to the Capitol to talk to senators. So she didn't say not a false flag. She said it's not a red flag. Right. Uh, So I think that's her code for not really apologizing. Um. You know, to like QAnon people like, right. hey, wink, wink. I didn't say it wasn't a false flag. CC. Um, now, McCarthy hasn't responded publicly to Steny Hoyer's ultimatum, though he is scheduled to have a chat with Marjorie next week. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see what the House does if McCarthy doesn't strip her of her committee appointment. Right. Because it would then set a precedent that the House could vote on committee membership in the future. And if the GOP ever has the majority, can you imagine how much that would gum up the works? You'd ultimately end up having to vote for each committee appointment. It would be a mess. I mean, they really need to do something. We've talked about this before. Even Steve King, I mean, he was, you know, pulled off his committees when it came to light, which we've always known that he's basically a white supremacist. Um, There's no reason she should be on any committee with the beliefs that she holds. Zero. Zero. Especially education. Especially the education committee. My God. Yeah. Oh, good women, though. This one is going to balance this as a palate cleanser for the Marjorie mm. Taylor Greene story. U.S. voting rights activist and Democratic Party politician Stacey Abrams has been nominated for the year's Nobel Peace Prize for her work to promote nonviolent change via the ballot box. Now, A.G., I called this before they even called Georgia that she should be nominated. I think she should get it. But thousands of people for members of the parliament um, worldwide to former winners are eligible Um they're, they're, you can they, you, you can propose any candidate you want, and a nomination does not imply endorsement for the from the Nobel Committee uh, in Oslo. So other candidates this year include Russian uh, dissident Alexei Navalny, the World Health Organization, and climate campaigner Greta Thunberg. Uh, she's been nominated in the past. Uh, the U.S. Black Lives Matter movement, as well as Daniel Ellsberg, who leaked the Pentagon Papers about the Vietnam War. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's a big one there. The U.S. Congressman, uh, Congresswoman Barbara Lee, and WikiLeaks have also been nominated. This is such an interesting group of people and things, if you will. Um, they've all been nominated as pro-democracy and civil rights campaigners from Belarus to Poland and Hungary. 
Like, yeah, it, there's so many people. I mean, because one of them, uh, and we found this out, like, Der- Alan, I kept my underwear on Dershowitz, apparently nominated uh, Jared Kushner. So mm-hmm. anyone yeah. can actually get a nomination uh, on this, as you can yeah. see. I mean, Trump's, Trump's been, been nominated. nominated several times, yeah, by someone he probably slid some money to and said, hey, put my name in the hat. Hey, uh, if I give you a plastic bag with a boxing glove in it, will you put me up for the Nobel thing? Thanks, Seriously. Bro. The Norwegian Nobel Committee, which decides who wins the award, does not comment on nominations, but nominators can choose to reveal their picks if they'd like to. So prominent former U.S. winners include Presidents Theodore Roosevelt, Woodrow Wilson, Jimmy Carter, and... Barack Obama, and also former Vice President Al Gore, which that's not surprising. I just saw him. I just saw his cameo on Thirty Rock. That's my binge Did you? right now. That's hilarious. And he's like, he he stops and he's like, oh, I hear a whale needing saving, and he dashes out of the building or something. It's so funny. He's so funny. I love that he can joke on himself like that. Yeah, he's a good guy. I uh, I actually I didn't realize he and his ex. Uh, I don't even know if they're legally divorced yet but we were at an event and i had made a joke about him uh, in front of her and there was sort of a look on her face of like confusion and someone was like they're separated right now and i was like oh shit sorry good to know good to know um so for those of you following the uh um, yeah, that was like when i found out that jill mccabe was a patron listening to my book club and me calling her husband mcbabe all the time whoopsie yeah, <laughs> Oh, that is funny. For those of you that do follow the Nobel Peace Prize winners, they're going to announce the 2021 laureate will be announced in October. Well, we'll get some good news in October, hopefully. Uh, Everybody stay with us. We have former U.S. Attorney Renato Mariotti on the other side of this break to discuss the legality of the GameStop short squeeze. Believe it or not, that's what he does for a living now. And he was the first prosecutor to convict a high-frequency trader in a market manipulation case. He set precedent. Now there's a whole market. Like it's so he's knows his stuff. So he's gonna explain it all to us right after this. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey everybody, it's AG for the Daily Beans Podcast. Do you ever listen to the podcast and then like scream your opinions into the abyss, hoping we can somehow hear you? I do this all the time when I listen to podcasts, but now you actually can. We are going live on the stereo app where you can ask Dana and I your questions directly. So join us for the Daily Beans after party and Q&A for uncensored opinions and exclusive content only available on the stereo app. Uh, I love stereo. I'm on the app talking all the time. Follow me and get notified every time I go live. Uh, We'll take a deep dive into a variety of topics and interact directly with our listeners. Uh, Download the Stereo app and follow us at Stereo.com slash Allison Gill. And we'll have a link in the show description. And then join us over on the Stereo app. Stereo app has thousands of live social conversations and a wide range of genres of very interesting topics, including news, comedy, sports, whatever, whatever you're into. So you choose whether you want to be a co-host, participate as a guest, or simply listen in on exclusive conversations. Check it out. You'll be glad you did. This is the post-roll for Stereo. Don't miss our Daily Beans After Party over on the Stereo app. We will be going live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, And I'll also be on there with Andrew Torres at 5 p.m. Tuesday Pacific time. And we want to hear from you. Our first Stereo show went a little bit like this. What what does it take for the GOP to say, no, that's enough. Uh, Get out of here. Honest, honestly, AG, I feel like someone would have to come out as pro-choice. I feel like at this point, that's the only thing that would get them expelled from the GOP if someone was like, I support black people and I'm pro-choice. And they'd be like, see ya. 
Stereo is the app for live social conversations, and we want to talk directly with you, uh, our listeners. So you can join our show, ask questions about anything, news, politics, anything, and share your experiences and opinions, too. We want to hear everything. So download the app now and join us live this week. Link to our show in the description and join us over on the Stereo app. All right, everybody, welcome back. Uh, you know me, you know I like to go out and get experts to come and help me understand a topic. And regarding the GameStop squeeze, the short sale, the market manipulation, whatever you want to call it, the stonk market, uh, I happen to have to join us a former U.S. attorney who prosecuted and he was the first prosecutor to convict a high-frequency trader engaging in market manipulation. It's Renato Mariotti. Renato, welcome. Hey, happy to be here. I am so glad you're here to help ex- to help sort this out. First of all, tell us a little bit about the case that you did prosecute uh, that had to do with market manipulation. Sure. So as far as – as part of the first Dodd-Frank uh, case, the first Dodd-Frank law that came out, there was, a, there was a new law that was passed that was part of Dodd-Frank called spoofing. It's a type of market manipulation that was added uh, to uh, existing statutes, and it had never been prosecuted before. So I was the first prosecutor in the nation to prosecute that that case. And then I also prosecuted that same case as a fraud case. And what was unusual about it is usually fraud is when you lie to people to get their money. But when you enter orders into a market, whether it's over the computer or uh, you're doing it in person, you're not really lying. The order's there. Um, but I, but for the first time, I was I charged and convicted, uh, uh, as you said, a high frequency trader. In other words, somebody who's using computers to trade faster than the blink of an eye uh, with fraud for engaging in activity that was deceiving other market participants. Huh. Wow. So that was like a precedent setting case. It was a landmark first of its kind case that has spurred an entire cottage industry of cases since then. Oh my gosh. All right. So explain to us a little bit what happened uh, with the GameStop issue. Sure. So GameStop is a company that has a lot of physical locations. You probably see them in the in strip malls uh, where they sell, you know, and they, you know, they take in old video games and sell video games and so forth. With, uh, with COVID, it was the sort of business that some Wall Street firms were betting was going to do bad, uh, do poorly, because you could get your games remotely over the internet. You didn't need to go to GameStop anymore. People would be staying indoors. So a lot of firms bet heavily that 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 GameStop was going to go down. Now, you, you use the term AG of shorting. Well, what shorting is, is when you sell a stock that you don't own, and then you buy it later. So usually, you're trying to buy low and sell high. Well, with short selling, you're selling high with the idea that you're going to buy low later. You're betting on the price to go down. Of course, if the price doesn't go down, you can lose a lot of money because if you sell at 100, let's say, and instead of the price going down, it ends up going to 200, well, you have to buy shares for 200 to get out of that situation uh, that you're in, the position that you're in. Right. So I always wondered about this because as I watch, and I instructed everyone, hey, go watch Trading Places. As I watch Trading Places, they come out on the floor and start selling uh, April orange juice at 142. They just start selling. And right. I'm thinking to myself, where did you get the stocks to sell? Yeah. How can you start selling? And that's kind of what this is, isn't it? Because you buy back later and you pay the difference. Correct. So what you do is you you go through a uh, what's called a broker dealer. It's like a broker, uh, like a brokerage firm. Okay. In this case, some people are using Robinhood. There was some discussion of that. And 
essentially they borrow, they find a pl- somebody, some shares out there and they borrow, you, they, you pay them a fee and they find shares that you can borrow at that price to sell. And then you sell them, but you've got to replace the shares later. So you have to buy them at some future point in time. And that's how you do it. Now, in, in trading places, they were selling futures, trading futures in the Chicago Board of Trade. But this is similar with stocks. Same, same concept. Interesting. And so now I want to talk about a little bit about how the price got so manipulated here, because it wasn't just Wall Street bets on Reddit, right? It, that wasn't the only thing that was driving the price up, was it? No, that's right. It wasn't. There was also... There's another, uh, if any of you are gamers uh, out there who are listening to this, you probably use Discord to communicate. There was a lot of Discord groups that were also pushing this. But the bottom line is a lot of gamers, um, you know, believed that GameStop was a great business that they wanted to keep open. And they believed that GameStop was going to do better than expected. And there was a social justice element, which is very unusual, AG. Most people trading are just trying to make money. But there's a social justice component where, hey, we can make uh, we can stick it to Wall Street at the same time and screw these hedge funds and so forth. Mm-hmm. And so they all banded together and put their money together and they drove up the price of GameStop incredibly high. Yeah. And I saw so many people and this seemed to me to be the the overarching message or the underpinning theme, however you want to put it, was that, hey, I had 200 bucks to lose. So I bought GameStop to stick it to the man. Basically. Um, and so they, they kind of went in, sort of like how when you go to Vegas and you sit down at your at blackjack table, you're ready to lose your 20 bucks eventually, and then you'll be fine. Um, that you, you went to spend that money. And so I feel like a lot of folks kind of did it that way. They said, hey, if I get 20, 30, 40 bucks that I can light on fire in my backyard, I'm going to do this. Yeah, exactly right. And it's not ex- at all what we usually see. In trading, usually people who are trading are doing that regularly and they're trying to make money and it's all, you know, very sophisticated. So this is something new. This is what is called retail investors, people who are just the average folks who are investing and they're doing it to it is in part to move forward in a social justice agenda of a sort and just not worried as much about how much money they make. Hmm. Interesting. Now, I do have some questions about whether or not that's legal, but I have to take a quick break. Will you stay with me? Of course. All right, everybody, stick around. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG from The Daily Beans. One of my goals this year uh, was to learn a new language, and Babbel has made that whole process addictively fun and very easy with bite-sized lessons that you actually use in the real world. With Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. Uh, I chose to learn French mainly because I love the language. I just think it's so beautiful, and I really want to work on my pronunciation. And Babbel's 15-minute lessons make it a perfect way to learn a new language on the go, so I can take my Babbel lessons when I'm traveling or use them wherever I'm at. Unlike the infamous language class, as you took in high school, Babbel designs their courses with practical, real-world conversations in mind. So that's so much more helpful than, like, the dog jumped out of the police car. These are things that you'll use every day. And it's not an AI. It wasn't designed by artificial intelligence for lesson plans. Babbel's lessons were created by over 100 language experts, and their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you improve your pronunciation and accent, which is what I'm really working on. So start your new language learning journey today with Babbel. Right now, when you purchase a three-month subscription at Babbel, you'll get an additional three months for free. That's six months for the price of three. Just go to Babbel.com and use promo code DAILYBEANS. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. And use code DAILYBEANS for an extra three months free. Babbel, language for life. 
Hey, everybody, welcome back. We're talking to a former U.S. attorney, prosecutor Renato Mariotti about what was going on uh, with the GameStop. The game, I can never say GameStop stock <laughs> sale. Like, I can't ever do it. <laughs> uh, in fact, our last episode was called GameStop Stock 10 Times Fast. Um, <laughs> But I, I wanted to ask you, before the break, we were talking about what the whole, how the whole thing happened and what it was and uh, what a short sell is and uh, what a short squeeze is. Now, can you tell us if anything, if there's any, what are the legal consequences of this kind of behavior and action, especially not just the legal consequences of anyone who, who bought just to buy to stick it to the man, quote unquote, but also the legality of apps like Robinhood limiting and shutting down people's ability to trade? Yeah, great question. So let's start with the with the individual users. So they're probably free and clear as, as long as they were purchasing uh, without trying or and encouraging others to purchase without lying to other people. In other words, one common problem is if you are what they call pumping and dumping. In other words, you lie about a stock and say, oh, it's going to be amazing and it's going to make all this money with false factual assertions. And then once everyone you know follows your false advice, then you sell. That's a problem. But assuming everyone's just saying, hey, let's stick it to the, you know, stick it to Wall Street and we love GameStop, you're probably okay there. Um, on, the flip, on the flip side, uh, I will just say as far as, as Robinhood, they're probably okay. I don't know for sure because I don't know all the details in their contractual agreements. But typically, when you sign up with an app like that, there's something that all of us scroll through and probably don't read, like when you get your iTunes terms of use. But in, in the case of Robinhood, there's an agreement that you're agreeing to that says that they can essentially, you know, for all sorts of reasons, stop you from buying certain stocks. And you're essentially your uh, recourse there is to go to someplace else. Uh, and you know, purchase your stocks there. But it's certainly something that can be frustrating, and it's also something that the SEC is looking at, and they may change the rules in the future. Uh, it's much easier for them to regulate the Robin Hoods of the world than it is to regulate all the random people on Reddit or Discord. Right, because they're large groupings of people. Um, but that's interesting. So it's a terms of service uh, issue at that point, and uh, kind of like when you sign up for Facebook, it says, we own all your data. Uh, and you have no privacy. Welcome to Facebook. Uh, and so you because, you know, every once in a while you see those hoax posts going around that are like, I hereby ban Facebook from using my personal private information and that. Sorry, you know, you signed up. It's in the terms of service. And, and that's kind of what you're saying. What these these trading apps had in their terms of service was, hey, we can we can cut you off when we want. Yeah, that's pretty standard. And there's also all sorts of other reasons why they can decide that it's not in your interest and that's re for regulated reasons. Like, for example, if you're, you know, if you're somebody's close to retirement and you want to bet everything on GameStop, they actually have an obligation to keep you from doing so uh, under the regulation. So there's all sorts of arguments that they're going to raise uh, as to why what they did is OK. And I suspect I don't know for sure because I don't know all the facts and details of it, but I suspect they're going to come out OK on that. Um, but on the and on the flip side, I think the, the all the people who bet five hundred dollars on GameStop are going to come out okay too. I don't expect the government to chase down every random person, although I do expect they're going to investigate this matter and make sure that there wasn't some scheme behind it where you had somebody who is actually getting paid to lie to people or to spur them on or whatever. Yeah, and it doesn't quite it doesn't quite seem like that, but it seems like the argument that the trading apps have about fiduciary responsibility 
is going to win the day because, you know, they can simply say, hey, we had to stop this because if everyone's short squeezed and these all these head funds, head funds are short squeezed, they have to cash out other people's stuff. And the market took a pretty significant hit that day. So I can understand where that fiduciary responsibility argument is going to come into play. Yeah, I, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they defend themselves here. I will say that you can expect the SEC to look at the relationships between them and the firms that were heavily invested in, in shorting GameStop. And so I think over time, I do think that's something the SEC could be concerned about. I do think they could regulate this in the future. Uh, but I think that's all going to probably be forward looking rather than backwards looking. But I could be wrong. That's what I would expect. Very, very interesting. Well, thank you for sorting that all out for us. I personally love the idea of individuals, you know, <laughs> kicking 200 bucks in to, to take down a hedge fund. Personally, I just I like the uh, I don't know, the fight club feel of it. But, you know, we do also have to remember that there are rules. So I thank you for letting us know what those are and how they apply legally. Absolutely. Well, thank you. Uh, everybody needs to check out the On Topic podcast and tell tell everyone where else they can find you, Renato. Yeah, absolutely. You can find the On Topic podcast at all your major podcast apps. You can also find me on Twitter, Renato Mariotti, and you can find the, my podcast at ontopicpodcast.com. Awesome. It's been great talking to you. Thanks so much. Thank you. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. Hey, everybody. It's AG. This segment of Daily Beans is brought to you by Helix Sleep. For the past four years, I've had the worst problems sleeping. I thought it was all the anxiety due to the orange menace in the White House, but as it turned out, I had a garbage mattress. It wasn't designed for my unique needs, and that all changed when I found Helix. Helix understands you're unique, and they customize your mattress to fit you and the way you sleep best. Helix Sleep created a sleep quiz online that takes two minutes to complete, and they use the answers to match your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. So if you like a mattress that's plush or firm, or if you sleep on your side or your belly, or if you sleep really hot, with Helix, there is a mattress for each and everyone's unique taste. Like me, I was matched with the Helix Midnight because I like a medium firm bed and I sleep on my side, so it's perfect for me. But you don't have to take my word for it. Helix was awarded number one best overall mattress pick of 2019 and again in 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine, so just go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans. Take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they will match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty, and you get to try it out for 100 sleeps, risk-free. They'll pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will. Uh, You definitely will. And Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash dailybeans. That's Helix, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash dailybeans for up to $200 off. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. All right, so right off the bat, the first one, I'm already in love. I'm just going to jump into it from Jennifer, pronoun she and her. She says, we got a Roomba for Christmas. We named it Kevin. That is all. That's all that needs to be said, Jennifer. Congratulations. Would you like to take this next one, too? Sure. (laughs) Let's see. From Casey, pronoun she and her. Bonjour or bonsoir from the Loire Valley in France. And thank you for saving my sanity as... An American living abroad during these last four years. I've been a a listener uh, since way back in the Mueller She Wrote days and became a patron last year. Every morning I freak out reading about American politics on Twitter and then listen to your podcast, which helps me calm down and put things in perspective. The analysis of the French so-called experts on American politics has at times inspired me to throw things at the television, so it's nice to hear your take on things. (laughs) I'm actually writing today with a request. I realize that everyone in the U.S. has been... Uh, through a lot in the last four years. Believe me, we share your concerns out here and in the rest of the world. But I wonder if you could spare a thought for those of us who remain American citizens while living, working, and paying taxes in other countries. 
The U.S. is one of only two countries in the world, the other being Eritrea, that uh, obliges its citizens who live and participate in other economies to file for taxes in their home country. Even though we get credit for taxes paid in the country of residence, this is often onerous. The paperwork and accounting fees can be quite daunting, even for small businesses. I'll attach a photo of the paperwork that my son recently had to send in, having paid over $10,000 in accounting fees. Obviously, the large businesses and tax evaders that these measures were designed to target find ways to get around them. And of course, there's nothing you can do to fix this. But maybe you or some of your listeners have ideas on how we could somehow get it on the radar of Congress and the new administration. Okay, thanks for listening. I'll gladly pay my pet tax now. I attached digital paintings uh, of my two kitties, Clyde. The first one is a large clumsy male who loves company and spends most of his time sitting by the fridge, hoping someone will open it and give him something to eat. And Tawanda, a very pulled-together female, an excellent hunter, and the guardian of our yard, who has the softest coat ever. She and I have in common that we gain weight way more easily than the males in our lives. <laughs> I included a photo of them actually sleeping on top of our radiator cover. It's cold here in France right now. They don't like each other, but will occasionally share a good sleeping spot. <gasps> so sweet. Oh, 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 they're so cute. These paintings are beautiful. They're amazing. All oh, look, synchronized sleeping. Oh my God, so cute. Adorable. They really are adorable. And that paperwork looks miserable. I do hope that they get this on the radar and something's done about that. $10,000 in fees. That's not even what they pay. <sighs> my goodness. No. Yeah, that's incredible. That's, mm. Well, I'll see what we could... Uh, we'll work on it. Let's try to run it up the flagpole, everybody. All right, this next one from Victoria. Pronouns she and her. Dear wonderful Beans Queens, I'm a Brit and former lawyer living in the south coast of England. MSW and the Daily Beans have been a lifeline for me since 2017 as I rage at what has been happening in my neighbors across the pond. This is sort of a correction, but more of a suggestion not to judge lawyers by the clients they represent. On Monday's Beans, you were talking about the two new lawyers that Trump has hired for the impeachment trial. You mentioned that one has blocked the prosecution of Bill Cosby and the other had represented Jeffrey Epstein, as though both those things were worthy of condemnation. Hmm. The first of those does sound deeply dodgy, but the second, at least on its face, doesn't. In a rule of law society, everyone is entitled to representation. Decent, ethical lawyers can and should represent despicable people. If lawyers stop doing that, the presumption of innocence cannot be maintained and the whole system falls apart. In England and Wales, yes, even though we are a tiny country, we have three different legal systems. This is enshrined in something called the cab rank rule. That rule means that if someone wants to hire them, a barrister who's qualified, available, and has no conflict of interest must take the case. Now, I don't know if the U.S. has an equivalent, but I think the principle must apply that a lawyer's integrity should not be judged by their client list. To complete my com compliment sandwich, I want to say particularly to you, A.G., that I so admire and respect your work. I'm in awe of the amount of research you must do for each episode, and your ability to hold on to names and facts is astonishing. You, Dana, Amy, and everyone involved in the Daily Beans are beloved in this little corner of the U.K. For my pod pet tax, I submit Jasper, our silver tabby. When he was about oh. two years old, we, th we thought we'd lost him, but it turned out that we had put um, he had been stuck in our neighbor's airing cupboard for 10 days while they were on holiday. <gasps> Poor thing! He was remarkably completely fine after his solitary confinement. He's now 12, no smarter, but a daily delight. Uh, the first picture is... Of what he does for several hours a day, sit and stare at me while I work or I work, walk, or he likes to walk on the keyboard. The second is one, uh, 
of his preferred poses, which we call Cat About Town. Oh, oh, with the crossed feet. Yeah. Little ballerina legs. Lou's got ballerina feet. Mine does that. Um, regarding the Epstein lawyer, yeah, no, this is actually a shitbag guy who went in to try to hide all of the money um, for uh, his estate to have him sign it into a trust so that the victims couldn't get at it. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, everyone deserves a lawyer and legal representation. Sure. On on its face, I agree with that. But when your list of uh, clients it's really hard to keep, I don't know, it's hard for me to keep neutral on this. When you have a list of clients over and over and over the same sort of people, I feel like those are cases you seek out, you know, knowing that you know how to get these douchebags off. I Listen, I may be completely wrong on this and I hear what they're saying, but I, have, I, I know everyone deserves equal representation. It's just really hard for me when someone has a pattern like that. Yeah, and but I do agree. Everyone deserves... To, to have a defense lawyer. For sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you know what? That's mm-hmm. their job. That is, it is, it's their job to get them off. And there are often times that um, people that have been accused of being despicable people aren't despicable people. So. Yeah. But there are also despicable people who deserve defense. Like everyone who, who stormed the Capitol. Yeah. Has it gets defense. And I don't hold any of them as, as shit, as shitheads for, you know, defending seditionists. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I think we probably just have a really bad taste in it because we feel like anyone that's going to be involved with Trump at this point is just a piece of shit human. <laughs> might be it. That might be it, right? <laughs> I think that's probably what it is. So if you take it at face value, I agree with the um, with the um, uh, the submission. So thank you for that. Very good uh, point. Victoria, very I good point. absolutely agree with you. I'm probably tainted on this because I hate the defendant. <laughs> <laughs> but she, yeah, she does make a very total valid and good point. Uh, next up, Matt. Pronouns he and him. Sorry, no pet tax, as no pets are allowed in the apartment complex where I live. Boo. However, I'm probably going to be enrolled in an experimental program through my local mental health center in which I may be matched with a therapy dog. I'm getting acquainted with Miss Weenie, a dachshund fox terrier mix. Oh, my God. At some point, if I can take her home with me, I'll get some help taking her picture. So put a pin in that one. My good news is that I have a new guitar coming by FedEx today. I wanted to start playing again for a long time. Uh, and this COVID screwy Louie time seems like a great opportunity to start something new. Maybe I will soon be able to play along with Bob Dylan while listening to his first couple of albums. Thanks so much for what you do. Thank you, Matt. Very sweet. Good luck with the pod pet. Yes, indeed. I was going to say the same thing. This is from Nicholas, pronouns he and him. Good news, guys. Lockdown in the UK means I cannot work as a driving instructor, teaching kids to drive safely on those mean streets, but I'm starting a new job very soon, next week, as a contact tracer in COVID times for my local area. I felt rudderless, but this is giving me a purpose, one I feel very suited to. Thanks for being there, ladies. My pet tax is where we laid to rest. Little Jazzy Bear, our adorable puss who is no longer with us as she passed last year. She was an old girl, but a lovely one. What a beautiful space to lay her to rest. Right? It's so peaceful. Yeah. Bye, Jazzy Bear. I know. I'm sure her spirit's very happy there. Hmm. Next up from Carrie, she, her, they, them. Good news. We're a family of four young kids. With four young kids, and as many people know, kids bring lots of shit into the house. Toys, <laughs> clothes, school stuff, random things they find outside. It piles up. I'm usually pretty good about staying on top of the mess, but for the last few years, tidiness went by the wayside while I pursued a master's in statistics and machine learning. Wow. In addition to all the marching, phone banking, and canvassing to elect Democrats over the last four years. 
Well, I finished my degree in December, and we elected Kamala and took back the Senate, so I immediately got to work on the Great House Cleanout. <laughs> we recycled, trashed, or donated over 60 bags and boxes of stuff. There's no more clutter. I am finally able to walk all the way into my walk-in closet. I have shelves that are empty. My kids' closet doors actually close, and I can see the floor of every room in the house. I even hung our art collection that was too valuable to display when the kids were really little. Uh, we have a new year, a new administration, a vaccine coming, and I feel like having a new house that I love to be in. Cheers to decluttering our lives. Cheers That's to awesome. that. Did the same thing to my desk last week, and it felt very nice. Ah, nice. All right. This next one comes from Carly. Pronoun she and her. Good news update. I wrote a few weeks back about visiting my fiance in the Dominican. I remember this story in the Dominican mm -hmm. Republic for the first time in a year. As I'm writing this, I'm on my way back to the DR for our visa interview. If all goes well as planned, he will be able to return home to the U.S. with me next Friday. Please send good thoughts and vibes our way this week. More updates to come soon. In unrelated news, I have a proud parenting moment to share. I was helping my 12-year-old son, who was recently diagnosed with autism, fill out a questionnaire for his IEP at school. One of the questions was, quote, I feel like things are more difficult for me than most people, true or false. My son responded, false. I reminded him that he struggles socially and with anxiety and that he also struggles significantly with school. His response to me was, yeah, ma, I'm no, but I was thinking, you know, privilege. <laughs> oh. Wow. I was speechless for a moment. But then I immediately over was overcome with pride. Despite his challenges, instead of feeling sorry for himself, my son recognizes his own privilege and how life is still more difficult for many others. It was one of those rare moments when I felt like, hey, I must have done something right as a parent. Man, that gives me the chills. I know. That is so sweet. And congratulations. I hope everything's good with the interview. Carly, you mm -hmm. and your love can be together in the United States. You have had a long year, that's for sure. What a great story. Thank you so much. And yes, everyone send out good vibes, thoughts, prayers, whatever you do. I'll light a candle and do some chanting. I don't know. I'll do something, though. Uh, next up, Sarah, pronoun she and her. I found a vegan cheese that melts the way I want it to, and it tastes like cheese, the cheese I ate when I ate the real thing. It's the little things. Thank you for cussing your way through the news with us. Here's a picture of my cat, Pigeon, on my head, remembering that he's a carnivore. <laughs> hey, Sarah, will you do me a favor if you're hearing this, and I hope that you are? Will you give a little email on what that cheese is. Cause I've tried to be a little more, um, plant-based. And so mm -hmm. that would be awesome if I had a cheese that actually melts onto things. So if you wouldn't mind, that would be great. Thank you, Sarah. Yeah. I I'm dying to know as well. So thank awesome. you. <laughs> These pictures are hysterical. That was our I last know. submission. I love that. We just have this cat attacking Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. The second one. That's fantastic. I can't wait for y'all to see these in the newsletter. Um, the newsletter goes out every week. Patrons get it. If you're not a patron and you want to be, you can do that at dailybeanspod.com. You can also buy a one-year subscription for somebody in need or put your name on a list to get a one-year subscription from somebody who donates it to you. Again, that's dailybeanspod.com. Uh, that's also where you can click on contact to send in any submissions, pod pets, uh, kids, grandkids, just beautiful, peaceful scenery. Uh, anything you want, just uh, hit us up there. And uh, that's it. That's all I have for today. Dana, do you have any final thoughts? No, I'm good too. Just uh, keep loving each other. Keep loving yourself. Do something nice for yourself and someone else. Yes, do that. I'm going to take an equal opportunity bath later. Ooh. It means what, like when I'm in the bath, I have to like all the parts of me the same. That's <laughs> hilarious and adorable. <laughs> so everybody take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. 
Take care of the planet and take care of your mental health. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is directed, written, and hosted by executive producer Allison Gill and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Audio. Staff writers include Dana Goldberg, Amy Carrero, and Allison Gill. Our copy is written by Jesse Egan, and our marketing manager, executive assistant, and social media director is Kunai. Fact-checking and research by Allison Gill, Dana Goldberg, and Amy Carrero. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder of Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com. <laughs>